Friends and enemies, welcome to Bad Voltage Season 3, Episode 59. I'm Stuart Langridge. Wow. I'm here with my comrades, John O'Bacon. Uh, we didn't... Uh, we talked about it before we did. he came on. We did, and then we didn't actually pick a name. And Jeremy Garcia, um, <laughs> coming, to you, coming to you live from all the places on Earth currently devastated by climate change in... <laughs> In the, I mean, in that's, the, that's just Earth at this point, but sure. It's a it's a breezy start. I tell you, yeah. in, in the UK, it is now hot enough that people's iPhones are failing because they're getting too hot. Mine, it's happened to. Oh. Popeys, it's happened to. Bunch of oh. other people on Mastodon. It's when like, you leave it in the is that when you leave it in the sun and it basically says sorry, too hot, and it well, refuses to work. Sometimes it happens to me in my pocket. Uh, and Ooh, Charlie, Char- well, Charlie asked if I had unusually hot thighs, which I don't think I have, but you know, I'm probably not the one to ask. And he does, ladies, he does. And it's just Apple in California, right? They think you think they know about hot temperatures, and yeah. and half of New York is under a black cloud of smog. <laughs> And, and California yeah, is, is just California all of the time. It's all terrible. This is, California this is, is not the right intro now. you deserve, dear listeners. Yeah, will, yeah we've say. got we've got a nice we've got a nice temperature right now. So go fuck with you guys. Okay. Like, uh, with your also good to know that when I'm a couple minutes late to a recording, the topic of conversation is in fact me. <laughs> <laughs> It's always it's always about you, Jeremy. It is always you. I have uh, I've learned a thing today. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> shall we actually do a show now? <laughs> Got past all that. The thing I wanted to talk about was, um, and this is a topic we've uh, we've dabbled with a few times uh, over Bad Vulture's life, and we did on previous podcasts in the past. If you go back fifteen years or so, the vibe was very much the internet is ad supported, right? That's that was good. That was the way of the future. The way you built things was you, um, you did, uh, user generated stuff, something freemium, and it was ad supported. And that seemed to be the way. But as far as I can tell, there seems to be at least in some ways, the needle is swinging away from that quite a bit. Now, there's a whole bunch of reasons that that could be caused. So uh, ad blockers are a lot more mainstream than they were in the old days. And people discovered that ads don't actually pay very much to most people. Um, and there's a whole vicious circle there where ads don't pay very much and people are what blocking What do you mean by them. ads don't pay very much? I, I was going to say, I don't know that I agree with any of this. Oh, okay. No, well, this is fair. Um, so... Uh, so we'll get into uh, this whole discussion. My, my point was, it certainly feels to me like there's a bit of a swing back towards people actually paying for things. So uh, Patreon's um, quite popular now. Uh, people are publishing, doing it on Substack, as a route, and there's routinely a charge things for it. Every podcast who isn't us has sponsor slots. Newspapers increasingly have paywalls and are being successful at them we've seen that we talked about that with the new york times is now making more money from subscriptions than it is from ads so it felt to me like that's a change but maybe you don't agree that that's a change at all maybe things are still ad supported uh and the rise of subscription payments is a is a flash in the pan what do you think so I definitely don't think the rise in subscription payments is a flash in the pan, but I was just confused by the ads aren't 
don't make a lot of money given that companies even that we don't consider ad companies, let's take Amazon as a great example, are going to close in on $50 billion in ad sales this year. So that that seems like a reasonable amount of, of money to me for something that is not in their top two businesses. Um, so I, I think it is a – ads are clearly a viable business. They are – you know, they survived going from print to – newspaper, you know, from more traditional print to newspaper, to radio, to TV, to internet. So I, I think as a business, it's clear ads are viable. Yeah, they they work. Yeah. yeah. Um, whether we agree with them philosophically, I guess it's a very personal decision. But sure. from a, is it a relevant and durable business model? I think we can probably come to the conclusion. Yes. Uh, um, you see, I, I don't know. So my two, um, uh, two very recent counter examples are both Twitter and Reddit, both of whom are attempting to pivot to a less ad driven, more subscription driven model. Oh, so the, okay. So I think then I, I have a much different assessment of, of what your question is. Uh, did Reddit and Twitter raise too much money and have a valuation that is not justified by the businesses that they have in both cases? Yeah, totally. 100%. Say they don't have an ad so, business Jeremy. problem. They, they have a business model <laughs> problem. Like if you look at Reddit, what they raised 1.4 or $5 billion over 10 rounds, I think at the last Last round they raised was like a Series F at a $10 billion pre-money evaluation. Should they be worth $10 billion given what they do? No, absolutely not. They never should have. But that's a zero interest rate, incentivized weird behaviors and wild valuations that are not justified problem, not an ads problem. I I would also say that I don't think that they're moving away from the ad model um, as much. Uh, I mean, just look at Twitter. I mean, Musk has brought in uh what's her name linda yakatori whatever yeah, the, her name the, is the, the, the new ceo uh from y- uh yakarino i think isn't it <laughs> yakarino i don't believe there are any charcoal grills involved i love charcoal grills um but you know she's an mbc advertising executive and you know he was speaking at, uh, at an event that she was facilitating a while back about um you know about uh about the advertising business but um i think what they are doing is they're 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 trying to find, I mean, I think what you're referring to, Ak, is, you know, the charging for API access and things like that, right? I mean, I think they're identifying that where are the places where they can reasonably charge, right? Yep. And and they're going to, and it sounds like both of them, especially Reddit, as kind of, without turning this into API pricing, has kind of got the pricing model wrong right out the gate. Um, I think that will change and adapt based upon how they figure out how to sell their API access. I don't think there's anything intrinsically wrong with that personally, but I don't think they're moving away from ads. I think one of the things that I actually am encouraged by with some of the things that Elon Musk has talked about is that his view, and I completely agree with him on this, is that um, when an ad is um, is high quality, very relevant to you, it, it's content uh, and it's valuable. But when it's irrelevant to you and it's not of interest to you it's just noise uh and that to me is there's a certain irony in elon musk saying that which is right and then the reality of the twitter advertising platform which is not good <laughs> which, which which is kind of the point you know you go here is here is a picture of what a world with genuinely relevant ads could be you basically wouldn't even know their ads it's just like television programs you're like yeah but that's not the world we actually live in it's not the world you're delivering i think it depends on where you are because um uh, Instagram ads are very good um, in many cases. Um, and Facebook ads, I know a lot of people. Uh, Erica, obviously both of you know her. She's my wife. 
she has repeatedly said that the ads that she sees on Facebook, she's bought tons of stuff from ads on Facebook. It's very tightly relevant to her. I think it depends on where you are. Ads on Twitter tend to be a bit shit. Ads on LinkedIn, uh, on um, Reddit tend to be a bit shit. Um, so, you know. I think one thing for me, because you did raise, you know, some companies going to paywalls. If you look at the companies that I think are executing the best in this regard, I'll, I'll use the Times as an example. That they are some of their content is definitely paywalled, but they are also pretty aggressively escalating their ad business at the same time in a hybrid model and tuning that knob where it makes sense. So if you look at their revenue in 2022, they made about a billion and a half in subscriptions, but over a half billion in, in ad revenue and then a, a bunch of money and some other stuff um, that are, are less relevant to the discussion. But if when you look at when they bought The Athletic, who was subscription only and didn't take advertising, one of the first things they did was add advertising with the acknowledgement of if they wanted to recoup that investment, it had to be partially that it's going to boost their subscription numbers, but partially that's a great segment of people to advertise to because they're giving high signal because they care about a very specific topic. So I think increasingly the companies that do it well, given that there's been a huge change in the ad market, ad market, right? Like ATT was a foundational shift in what was allowed in the advertising market. Um, uh, what's that? The Apple uh, app trans- ah, tracking right, sorry, transparency yes. change. Yes, so yeah. That like foundationally changed what most third-party yes. advertisers were able to do in a way that change the game. So if you look at who's going to, in a, I guess, slightly more privacy respecting world, who's going to do well, it's going to be first parties that have interesting data. But that's realistically, in my opinion, probably better for everyone, right? Like the the ad market before was mad shady. Yeah. And I think that's part of the thing. That was what I meant about the vicious circle, that um, as people start to attempt to avoid ads they get more invasive more grabby more uh, attention grabbing more overt and then that makes it worse right you get your death spiral at that point it makes people want to avoid them even more etc 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 and leaving aside as you said um leaving aside the morality of the ad business as a whole which is not what we're talking about the thing that i thought was interesting then is that I've increasingly seen the rise of subscription stuff. Well, uh, not It's not like, you know, people invented the idea of paying for subscriptions for things in 2014. But it seems to be more popular now than it was. But what you're suggesting is that that's an additional revenue stream for a lot of people rather than a replacement revenue stream. Is that reasonable? For those that are doing it well, yes, I think it will be incremental revenue not not the but i think to be fair there are some companies that will continue to be mostly if not solely mostly ad based companies and and that's fine i'm i'm glad that the online advertising specifically is heading in a direction that is more privacy respecting and i i, I imagine yeah. we'll all agree there if anything yes. some of us might think they went far enough or other companies should go further not just apple but yeah everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, probably, probably go further show. the whole time but yeah, so that and so uh again part of the thing I was thinking about was there seems to be a change for what you might call smaller creators, right? Where ad, the ad model wasn't really suitable. It only works at volume, right? Uh, it, it, it if you are a podcast um just having a sort of generic adverts or if you are doing um if you're a YouTuber 
it doesn't pay enough to just live on the ad revenue unless you're Mr. Beast or something, right? Well, I, I, I think it, I think it depends because, uh, I think it's important for us to, well, a couple of thoughts. One is, um, I think, uh, there is a difference between, you know, traditional like direct response ads where, you know, you run an ad and you're tracking conversions and then there's brand advertising, right? So I would actually say that, um, I'll give you an example. There's a, there's a small YouTube channel called VR Flight Sim Guy. And he literally specializes in Microsoft Flight Simulator and other flight sims inside of VR headsets. And he reviews headsets and it's, he's got a great, really cool channel. He's got like 25,000 followers. Um, so not massive, but very specialist. And he, um, as a sponsor for his channel, uh, is sponsored by this company called VR Rock, and they basically make prescription lenses for different VR headsets. So, um, in that situation, that's probably a great avenue for a little company like VR Rock, and it's a great opportunity for him because they're very specialist, right? Like, if you only care about prescription lenses for VR headsets if you're into VR, <laughs> by definition. Yeah. And if you're into VR, you probably watch it. You, if you're interest, interested in flight sims and VR, you're probably watching his channel. So I think in those brand situations, that would work out well. But to your point, Act, like one of the reasons why so many of the more homegrown advertising networks, like, for example, when I launched Baron Carter, I ran some ads on Metal Injection, which is a metal website. And it was worthless because they didn't have particularly good targeting. There wasn't anywhere near enough people going to that website. So that's one of the reasons why the behemoths like Google ads and Facebook ads and LinkedIn ads work, right? Because they've got varying levels of targeting and they've got massive numbers of people going there. So I think advertising comes in different forms. If you, if you want to just raise awareness of your brand, you know, sponsoring YouTube channels or newsletters or Substacks or whatever, I think is actually a good avenue for people and it's a form of advertising. So that I think, and I hadn't, um, I hadn't walked this through in my head until you just said that, but if you're watching a YouTube video and, uh, there's a company who is sponsoring the channel, um, and you know, the, the, the person doing the channel is talking about their product because they actually care about it. Um, and they've received money to advertise that product. That is an ad, sure, but it seems yep. qualitatively different to me than the pre roll ad you got at the beginning that YouTube put there instead. Yeah. Cause it's editorially determined, right? But, but, like but, they I mean, probably wouldn't accept they're it. They're both ads, but I wasn't really thinking about the uh the sponsorship deal as being an ad in the same way but they're still ads i, I say i hadn't yeah. i'd walked that th thought to the to completion in my head until you said that they're both ads but if they're good at the pre-roll mm. ad and it is thematic with the show isn't that still interesting content yeah in theory when did you last watch a pre-roll ad i have youtube premium so i never see him same. okay so you're paying money to not watch them both of you <laughs> i don't know tell me what else do you get for premium that that makes it worth it if it wasn't the ads would you pay for John, whatever it is you get John, if you still got John the ads? looks it up <laughs> don't even know. Uh, you, you can't background videos on android if you don't pay for premium okay yeah, no the, the, that seems like an actual reason. feature that would be useful yeah. would you pay for that if you still got the ads I mean, the reason why we bought premium, we, we have like a family <laughs> subscription, is yeah. so uh, Jack wouldn't see ads. Sure. But I mean, 
That was the main reason. I, I, Honestly, that's if, a if strong it was a signal right there, though, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this is this is my point. It's it's difficult to make a swing that no, 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 no. Pre-roll ads can be can be useful and thematically good and everything if you're paying money to avoid seeing them and to avoid exposing no, 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 your no. child to them. No, but the, the <laughs> but, yeah, but you know what it's like, right? I mean, uh, oh, Jeremy, you don't have a kid, but you've got like a niece, right? And Ak, you know what it's like having had a kid. I don't mind Jack seeing ads as long as it's like. It's not, you know, uh, dangerous or destructive, which wouldn't be accepted on onto YouTube anyway. I just don't want weeks of wittering. <laughs> Dad, I want this thing. I want this thing. I want this thing. Right? That's fair. That's, yeah, yeah. that's what I don't want. What? You mean he doesn't get ads the whole time about um, uh, some, uh, some app that lets you trade stocks, which is what I get the whole time on YouTube, <laughs> and I can't make it go away? <laughs> It's only a matter trade one five one or something. <laughs> I don't know the name. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd say those they do feel different to me, and I don't know whether it's now just more um, more socially acceptable to say, sure, I do this, and I'd like to get paid for it. Please, that is a reasonable thing to ask for. That the model that Patreon either created or capitalized on or did well, depending on how you think of it. Seems to be a pretty popular, and especially for small creators for whom being ad supported isn't viable. You've now got individual sponsorship deals. You've got Patreon. You've got regular subscriptions. You've got people who want to, who 15 years ago would have just written a, a WordPress.com blog and now doing it on Substack with the expectation that you'll subscribe and maybe pay for the premium stuff. Yeah. You know what? I'd love to find out. I don't know if this data is available. I'd love to find out what the average amount of revenue a substack brings in i could not find a number i did look um because i yeah. thought that would be a very relevant number to have bandied yeah. around wouldn't it um and i couldn't find it what i found was a bunch of people guessing and as far as i could tell they did that guessing by throwing darts at a dartboard because none of the numbers were like anything else it's ridiculous it's like trying to find out how much a youtube channel pays you right <laughs> and and there's broad estimates around that like i was literally chatting to our kiddo about this mr beast apparently brings in between 10 and 50 million dollars a year from his youtube channel yeah it's wild yeah on the other hand he's like that's like he's a, the most pop- yeah yeah he's that, like one of the most popular youtubers in the yeah, world so. this, is, this is like saying sure. Lionel messi gets paid a lot of money for playing football i mean he does <laughs> yeah but he's one of the four best people in the world at it right um, well, I can give you some data from my YouTube channel. If I look you, at the you, last... You owned, z- you owned zero. <laughs> did, Are you ready? Did, Are you ready for did, the... This is almost like Mr. Beast, by did, the way. Did you have to pay them $5? <laughs> Coming so in right I behind a... Mr. Beast is Mr. Bacon at how much? <laughs> so I, I have uh, 6,544 subscribers. I don't really put YouTube videos up very often, and they get a hilariously small number of views. Um <laughs> And uh, in the last year, I brought in $815. That's not bad. Yeah. It's better than a sm- smack in the face with a wet fish. I mean, I ain't nothing. Um, yeah. Again, it's not sustainable money, but it's actual, it's money. You've got $800 you can spend on, you know, a whole bunch of nice evenings out or whatever. Spend it on Vimeo subscriptions. Well, uh. <laughs> daily daily motion, yeah. Um, daily motion. <laughs> Do they, do, do they still exist? I, I don't have know. no idea. 
I don't, I, I know Vimeo exists. Um, yes. I use Vimeo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but I don't know about, um, I don't know about Vimeo is actually a great service. They do a good job. Um, they, they, they are, um, the Pepsi of video networks, right? Probably actually better. <laughs> no one cares. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, 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 the one thing I was going to say though is, uh, and I know I've meant, I know we don't want to get into the, um, the ethics of ads but one of the things that i think is is challenging when when i think we one thing we should talk about is how different people use these advertising networks because i think it impacts this conversation because you know uh i mentioned earlier on that musk was met with like the advertising council or whatever it was and you know there's companies like disney and unilever and like these massive companies who are spending tens of millions of dollars a year on advertising to me, uh, um, where I actually, th- and for those companies, I frankly don't care. Where I worry about advertising is I think if, if for people who are running like small companies, they're just getting up and running. I think a lot of companies depend on advertising to drive traffic to their products and services. Whether you are selling something for a consumer like a teapot or a, you know, or a exercise band or whatever, or whether you're, Target in a business audience, right? And my worry about um, about about uh, we've talked about this within the context of ad blockers is I think when advertising becomes less relevant, when it becomes just noise, um, it impacts all of those little businesses. Uh, so I think there's it's easy for us to kind of pin advertising as just being not uh, just an unnecessarily like unfun element of the world, but I actually think it's an important tool for those businesses, but. I shouldn't think this way, but I do. I care more about those businesses than I care about Unilever and Disney. Well, no, so first of all, I, mean, I, I think that's reasonable. Um, I find it difficult to be sympathetic on this because this is what happens when you piss comprehensively in the well. It poisons the well, <laughs> right? That's what happens. And it's, Can we name the show Piss Comprehensively I, in the Well? Comprehensively, just as... <laughs> it's... You know, I mean, what do you want from me? This is, you didn't just make your bed. You made your bed and then made me watch 10,000 pre-roll ads about your bed. Now you have to lie in it. But importantly, importantly, that's the network, right? Mm. You might have an individual uh, advertiser who actually creates really great ads that are relevant and entertaining and and informative. Sure. But if you've got, if you've got, this is one of the reasons why I like what Musk said, like about, about ads, like if they are, relevant and interesting and one of the things that is interesting about twitter you know their community notes feature uh where people can can it's primarily being used for um like fact checking that applies to ads as well and 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 it's i i i heard about this but i've not found examples of this yet but there's been ads that have been run on twitter where they've been community noted which i think is brilliant for ads Hmm. that make you know outlandish claims or whatever and I wonder if that's going to become a model for some of these other advertising networks. Because some, some of the ads that you see are just outright just horse shit, right? Well, sure. Especially but, like get-rich-quick scheme type stuff. So, but, yeah. part of the, but part of the problem there is saying well, it's good when ads are relevant and interesting and well-made, which is true. But everyone thinks or at least claims that their ad is that. That's not an objective test. Which means that you've got to have someone whose job it is to work that out. At which point I stopped listening to Musk because he used to have a team that did that sort of thing and he fucking fired them all. <laughs> but, well, but, well. but on a more, on a more general note, 
it is hard to say, um, yes, we want ads which are good, relevant to the audience, well-made, um, not obtrusive, not privacy invading, because everyone claims to have that. Sure, everyone wants that. I don't think people do, though. I think, I think there are many advertisers out there, many who know that their ad is noisy and horseshit and is manipulative and is trying to use techniques of persuasion. Sure. And, and, and their justification is, that's what you have to do to get seen. But if you say- I don't think everybody well, sure thinks they that- tested it to that stage, actually. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That state is not an accident. It's a- I am yeah, 100% confident that they know they're doing it. The point yeah. is, if you say, I'm banning your ads because you do it, they'll go, we don't do that. No, I'm not saying you ban those ads to do it. You and literally this is, this are is, saying that. No, no, no. I'm not saying that <laughs> whatsoever. What I'm saying, what? So this is this is Twitter's approach that they're they're pursuing. They're not there yet. Is um is that it just impacts the reach of the ad, right? So if an ad is deemed high quality, relevant, interesting, it will be seen by more people, which I think is the right mo- model, right? If you create the, what, if the incentive what do model, you think about is. That's not a ban. A ban it, is where you don't allow content on a platform. Right. So I, I say to you, um, I say to all the, uh, all the restaurants uh, in the town you live in, um, we're going to allow high-quality people in. And then it turns out every time you go in somewhere, they go, not for you. And you say, I've been bad. And they go, no, you haven't. We're just limiting your exposure. So you're allowed in once a week on a, on a Thursday. This That's is the, the same thing. This is the most fucking ridiculous comparison <laughs> I've ever heard in any argument in 20. In, well, it, that it, is just, a bold, bold that, claim. That, that is a bold that, swing. That, um, I mean, that is, that is ridiculous. No, the point is, is that, um, and I think this is how it should work is, and, and this is how social media companies try to work but that's a separate conversation about whether they're effective which we know they're not yeah is is um you want a certain type of quality right and then that impacts the visibility like if like i'll I'll give you an example one of the things that's fairly well known in advertising circles is that if you create a piece of content that's actually informative like a video and put it out there um it will generally perform better than if you just create like an outright go and buy my product right? And to Jeremy's point earlier on, companies A-B test this stuff into the ground, right? So to me, like if you've got like a high quality piece of content on Twitter that people like, and they that let's say you, the metrics are people are watching the video all the way to the end, they're liking it, they're maybe even resharing it, right? To me, that should get a greater level of elevation than just, you know, a 30 second outright bullshit kind of set you are, of claims you are assuming that correlation is causation though um high the the fact that something is um high quality and is relevant to the audience right if people watch a thing to the end it might indicate that but it might not indicate that and that's part of the problem right the two things but are I, yeah, not well, well, the you same. can't guarantee but i would argue but, if you take if you take a hundred people and you ask them to watch a two-minute video and 90 of those people watched the two-minute video all, all the way to the end. I think we can make a reasonable conclusion that they found that video interesting. Sure, right? but, that, sure so but that's not that, but I'm not, the same I, thing you said. How are we applying this to ads, though? Because ads are not displayed based on how engaging they are or how many people watch no. them to the end. They're they're based on how much the company sponsoring the ad is willing to pay. <laughs> no, 100, 100%. But that's why I'm saying is that this is where, from, from everything I've learned so far about twitter strategy this is what they're trying to change is that they're 
Like the, the traditional advertising model, to your point, Jeremy, is you basically target an audience, you pile loads of money in, and the more money you spend, the more people see it, right? Um, from what I understand from what Twitter are designing for the next iteration of their advertising platform is that the quality and the, en- the engagement quality and the level of how much it's community noted will impact the reach of the ad, which I think is the right thing to do because I think you'll get better quality ads. So their entire business model be predicated on people creating good ads or they won't accept their money? No, I think, I think that their point, and again, I'm basing this on what I've heard Musk say, right, which is relatively high level. His point is that, I mean, this is his whole like freedom of, freedom of speech, not, no, freedom of reach, not freedom of speech, freedom of speech, not freedom of reach. It's one of those two. Uh, the, basically, anything will be posted onto the platform that isn't hateful, right? And then, but for things that are low quality, um, will get, basically won't get as much visibility. So if you, if you know, if you put a shitty ad up, I think the where they want to get to is if you put a shitty ad up there that's manip- manipulative, through the various mechanisms of engagement and community notes and other things, the signals will indicate it's a shitty ad. And therefore, uh, even if you spend a bunch of money on it, it will just won't get the reach. So you won't see the ad performing. And, and, and converting. So what, what do all advertising agencies do? They'll explore other mechanisms to get it to convert, right? Which is why, which is, which will trigger them putting up high quality content. Uh, it will, it will trigger, which I think it, is the right model. So it will you, trigger them putting you, up more popular content, but that's not the same thing at all as hmm. high quality. Look it doesn't at, have to be popular because it could be a, a lot of ads and very niche ads. But your metric is did people watch it all the way to the end? No, 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 no. I'm not saying this is my, I'm not saying this is how it's going to work. This is how I'm saying I imagine they might try and do this. But if you look at, if you look at the, if you put a video ad up, right? If we look at the things where we can evaluate the success of that, right? There is one, is there a conversion event? Two, if it's an engagement ad, are people liking it and resharing it? Three, uh, what is the proportion of the video being, con- uh, being consumed, right? Those are the basic metrics that you can evaluate an ad on. Now, if you want to evaluate quality, right? Conversion events, absolutely. Did that ad convert? But that's more difficult to do with the changes that have been made to iOS and elsewhere yes. for yep. reasonable reasons. Yep. So if we're therefore looking at engagement, which they can track, is a lot of people um, will just like a fucking ad, right? This is one of the reasons why uh, a lot of people who are run, run ads on the internet will exclude countries like Myanmar and India and places like that because you just get click farms of people just you can put an ad up on facebook and target i think it's like pakistan and india and you'll get like a thousand likes on that ad within less than 10 minutes it's ridiculous right so a lot of people exclude those countries because that's not an adequate metric of success so therefore if you look at success with a video ad arguably the only real thing that you can identify there is going to be people watching to the end of the video but then if you layer on top of that on twitter community notes where if there's manipulative bullshit in there and it gets community noted, then that's an additional layer of insight that you have in the ad that can impact um, that can impact how much reach it gets. See, I think this is wildly untrue because if I want people to watch to the end of the ad, what I'll do is I'll have the Tom Holland umbrella video and at the end I'll say, buy my fucking cars. There you go, done. Right? I don't think that'll work consistently though. 
No, Remember, I, I agree. That just won't work consistently. You, won't, you and understand the, date- my, the point I'm making, though, right? No, because if I don't people understand want, the point you're making. Because if people wanted to watch high-quality stuff the whole time, the most popular thing on television wouldn't be America's Funniest Botch Cosmetic Surgeries or whatever the hell it is. It would be that Morgan Freeman documentary about penguins, and it isn't. No, but the point is... I the think point you're is- mapping your definition of quality on the rest of the populace, aren't you? Yeah. But if everyone has an individual definition of quality, then there is no definition, which is we want high quality ads because someone always thinks they are. No, but the quality is defined within the audience that you're targeting, right? Yes. So that the America's botched, um, you know, show, right, is targeting a general a general populace. That's the reason why, like, America's Got Talent and Britain's Got Talent, those kinds of shows are successful because they target a general consumer. If you're a business and you are selling salesforce right then popular as shit is not going to work for you you're going to need to find out what works for that target audience that's the point in the same way that the reason why youtube is so successful is because people go down the fucking rabbit hole with different topics like vr flight sim guy right like you know his videos are very very popular to the twenty-five thousand people who are into microsoft flight simulator (laughs) who wear a vr headset but that's why so that's, the algorithm is interesting because it will suggest, I, I suspect, wildly different things to the three of us, but it will find things that all three of us individually think are interesting. That's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. And the part of the reason why I think, going back to Twitter, the community notes thing is especially interesting is that the reason, the way community notes is designed, I don't know how well it works, is that something, uh, the consensus around a note only applies for people who, based upon the data they've got in the platform, have very different perspectives and opinions. So for example, Tucker Carlson started uploading videos to Twitter. There'll only be a clarification on that note if liberals and conservatives both agree that there is uh, misinformation in that video. Kind of um, defeats the purpose of disinformation though, doesn't what it? What the hell? It, but the, the point is, is that... Is that so the you're way allowed that, to upload flat earth videos because some flat earthers will go, no, that's absolutely fine. And so there's two sides to it, and the two sides don't agree that it's wrong? No, 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 no. Listen to what I'm saying, right? The point is is that if community notes only operated where where it was based upon volume of people saying this thing is untrue, right, then people could brigade it, right? I think we'd all agree with that, right? So the, the way in which it's designed is that the idea is that people from a multitude of different perspectives can all You're say- You're just inverting like, the brigading, though. Yes. In what way? People who people, people I, I who like know. a thing don't comment on it, and therefore it doesn't get blocked. Like I say, if you've got enough flat earthers, then you should be able to post flat earth videos according to that. Because right. no matter how many people go, flat earth is all bollocks, a bunch of people are going to go, no, it isn't. So it's fine. That's like Jeremy says. That's just inverse brigading. Hang on, I'm 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 missing something here. I don't get what you guys are saying, Jeremy. I I don't know that I could think of another way to explain it. Yeah, so Which, so your try. Pi- so your your pitch is right. I upload a flat Earth video, and what you should, should do that by the way. And, and, what should, and what and what should happen for it to be recognised as being wrong is that flat Earth people and non-flat Earth people agree that it's wrong. Is that correct? Well, not necessarily in that granular way of looking at it, right? And again, I don't know the specifics <laughs> of how this operates. They should open source the algorithm for this. Um, but um, I don't know if it's specific to the topic. It's just people who, from what I understand, it's basically people with a varying set of 
views across a multitude of different topics when when there is consensus around or some level of consensus around those different viewpoints that's when something gets community noted now the true test of this and i don't we obviously don't want to turn this into a show about community notes is actually tucker carlson is since he started uploading videos is how what is how because he spews a lot of bullshit what is the speed to some to a clarification appearing under one of those videos and right now it's not fast. But this is exactly the point. You're saying he spews a lot of bullshit, but a lot of people think he doesn't, and therefore it never gets noted. Right. right. This well, is my curious, point. curious to see it in action. I, I thought that was the algorithm and philosophy they were using towards engagement of organic content. I did not know they were also trying to apply it to ads, to be honest. I, yeah, I mean, uh, f- so c- community notes definitely can be applied to ads. Hmm. Um, but what I'm curious to see is, uh, again, al- along the lines of Musk's views of like, ads should be content which frankly i would argue i don't use instagram very much but um the ads that i've seen on instagram have been tightly relevant to what i'm interested in and i've seen it on two different accounts i've seen it in baron carter with my music and with my personal account uh, i get like really relevant shit in both of those accounts because of who i'm following i would be really <laughs> interested to see how uh extensive uh instagram users feel about that because i'm not i don't know enough about it at all i Right. I th- I think yeah. I have an Instagram account. <laughs> but a lot of people in like the art world use it a lot and I'd be interested to hear what they say about uh the, yeah, ad- I would the advertising as well. both as an ad- a potential ad buyer and also as an ad receiver. I don't want to say consumer, an ad receiver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. My my ads are usually pretty relevant on Instagram. The one thing I have noticed that has changed more recently and I'm guessing this is a result of some of the ATT rollouts is I used to, if I searched for anything on the internet and then purchased it, I would forever get ads about it on Instagram, even though I yeah. had, in fact, already purchased it. Yeah. That seems to have lessened recently. Oh, look, I said the word shoes out loud now for the next right. eight yeah. months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every web page yeah. I go to is going to have 12 different pictures of shoes and a little pop-up thing. <laughs> exactly. Like, Pack it in. There needs God. to be a universal button of, I have acquired said thing, stop. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, stop I'm, bugging I'm me. fully on board with hearing about it. I heard what you were saying. I went and did it. Now shut up. Otherwise, I'm going to give it back. It's like a Slack <laughs> notification. You need a snooze. Like, these shoes usually last me this long. I'll, I'll talk to you again in six months. Oh, my God. The worst experience I had of that was um, I was learning how to, like, uh, do YouTube. And and there's this guy who is an expert in YouTube advertising. And he had these really cheesy pictures where, like, the classic kind of, like, he's dressed, he's got, like, a suit on. And, you know, he's got his arm up. And he's deliberately showing off his Rolex like one of those people. It's oh, so, no. It's so cringeworthy. And yeah. I uh, I watched like one of his videos <laughs> or yeah, like two of his videos on his YouTube channel. And they were pretty good videos. Okay. Uh, but, but oh, my God. Apart that from the people had to me pose to wear his watch. <laughs> <laughs> that guy followed me around on the internet for weeks. Like... <laughs> Because he calls it like the omnipresent advertising thing, which is basically fucking advertised everywhere. Yeah. So he was advertising on like Twitter and Instagram and Google ads. He must have spent a fortune on those ads. And it must work because he's not running them. They're not working. Uh, but, uh, uh, he's not, and then, uh, is he still running them? Or did he run them until uh, the money ran out and then he stopped doing that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. Because, you know, these those kinds of people, when they say, you know, when they talk about their businesses, you just don't know how true it is, right? But um, 
I, I actually emailed. Fact, I, actually, I would go further and say you do know that it isn't true. It's like an inverse relationship between what they say and what the truth right. is. I actually found his contact details and I emailed him and I said, just so you know, your omnipresent thing is really annoying. And I wish I could get rid of these ads, but it's actually having the opposite effect. I will never do business with yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because of this. You're literally the guard outside the labyrinth who always tells lies. Pack it in. Yeah, didn't get a response. <laughs> I was going to say, did he respond? Genuinely curious. No, no. That, that, the other thing I've noticed recently um, is I don't know what PMP training is, but there's a lot of people on LinkedIn who believe I need it. <laughs> what? What's, I get, what, what's a PMP? Or some I, I think it's like some. Pro- I think it's like a project management thing. Like it's like a certification. But my, um, my, uh, you know, LinkedIn uh, on messages. It's got like the uh, they've added like a uh, focused and an other view. Uh, the view which is like spammy one. It's just absolutely crammed full of this PMP training. If I look at this, I can see like when I open it up, I can see like one, two, three, four loads <laughs> one two three four, four. loads yeah <laughs> man i can see I, 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 <laughs> I got one two three four five six in the same day <coughs> that oh, seems well. like a lot okay so, like a lot. so um corralling this in slightly um do you think brief summary do you think that the the group of people who ads were working for and the group of people who they're working for today, do you think that's changed? Or do you think it only ever worked for the people it still works for now and all the people who were trying it, you know, it didn't work for Reddit before and it's still not working for Reddit, perhaps? Or, no, I mean, I think... Or maybe are it you is, talking or... Adverti- clarification, are you talking do you mean the people who are... Or, yeah, do you mean people who are running the ads or people yeah. who are seeing the ads? Yeah. yeah. Well, or the um, platforms that are showing the ads. That that's actually yep. that's actually a really good division. I'm interested in both answers. All right, go ahead, Jeremy. You know the answer I to this think question. It's clear that the people that are advertising have been very impacted by ATT and related efforts, uh, especially smaller businesses. Like smaller businesses are clearly the most in- impacted by these changes and are not able to reach the people that they were able to reach before. And some companies have been very clear they're going out of business as a result. Again, I think on the platform side, yes, they're definitely impacted, but in many cases, it's not an ads problem. It's a, it's a business model problem. That's fair. Yeah. Jono? I, 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 I would say largely the same thing. Um, I don't think anything's dramatically changed with advertising, um, um, but uh, I think people having to find new ways of doing it. I mean, I looked it up when we started this conversation, like the platforms in 2022 brought in something like 800 billion dollars of revenue in advertising um like an insane amount of money so advertising clearly is something that is profitable and works and people want it um but i do think i I think the dynamics of it are going to change um and and especially i would say especially with social media platforms like i think some of the things we i suspect some of the things we're that we may see in Twitter will actually start coming into some of these other platforms um, if if they're possibly received, right? Yeah. So. I do think there is a, a – to your point, and we should be explicit about, there's a big difference between the social media platforms advertising and other types of advertisement where the, the signal is much clearer and it's not user-generated content. That yeah. when you're relying on massive amounts of 
user-generated content, the dynamics of ads are definitely different than the New York Times yep. or Amazon. No, that's fair. And, and that, I think, is interesting. So the impression I have, and you've convinced me reasonably, is that what I'm seeing is not as much of a step change as I necessarily thought it was. Um, so certainly I'd agree that the, the idea of um, what I'll do is I'll put up a website, right? I'll get other people to type stuff into it for free. I'll add ad next to the stuff they type in. I'll make a billion dollars. Seems right. to, for a little while, it was kind of, this is how you do money on the internet and that kind of, that has kind of gone away <laughs> i think a lot of that was zero interest rates and just the general mentality of the yeah. time but it's a great example right they've been sold bought multiple times they've bounced back and forth and i think the entire time part of the mentality was they have a boatload of users surely there's a way to monetize this money's yeah. cheap we'll figure it out and now that money's not cheap it's not we'll figure it out it's either we figure it out now or there will be a change and i like yeah. I, this is probably another show, but genuinely curious to see what happens to Reddit because if they get it wrong, I, I, for those of us that have been on the internet for a hot minute, Reddit really exists to the extent and depth that it does because Dig messed up, right? Yes. Dig's mistakes were yeah. why Reddit was able to grow. Is there a next Reddit? I don't know. Like, I don't know that there's another site right now waiting in the wings in the way that Reddit was. Not. But if they get it wrong, I think it's probably existential for them. Yeah. If, or they're if just they a much smaller site. If they get it wrong, they're free node. Sure, yeah. that's a good crash yeah. and that's burn. A guess, yeah, they'll still <laughs> exist, but yes, they will yeah. not be. Yeah. But I mean, will yeah. they IPO now? It seems. You know, you know, well, not not if not if Spence keeps saying, "Ah, it'll just blow over. Don't worry about it." And all the moderators are like, "You know what? Fuck you and your money. <laughs> See you later, Bill and Ted." <laughs> I think part of the challenge that I, I mean, this is a whole. Frankly, it could be a separate show. Part of the challenge that I think many of these like very silicon valley companies where it's like yeah we just we just need to scale <laughs> you know yeah like just put something online that's vaguely useful and get millions of people using it part of the problem with that is that i think in many cases when companies go that way uh their commercial offerings are tepid at best because they've already created a social contract with their audience where they expect it to be free. Yes. So, like, if you look at Twitter, Twitter Blue is a classic example of that. Um, before Musk came in and changed everything, like, it was just the, probably the least interesting product you could ever consider buying on the planet, right? So non-useful and not worth the money. And Reddit coins? Like, who cares? <laughs> Because, you know? I mean, so Jeremy, I think Jeremy's point about, yeah, what we'll do is we'll just get loads and loads of people and then money will just start crystallizing out of the air near them. It's not really, it's, yeah. not, it's not how it works. The point is now, if you float that as an idea, people laugh at you rather than going, okay, here's a bunch of investment. Because people well, they really don't give work. you $410 million on a six, $9.6 billion pre-money valuation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The one thing I, I, I do want to say, though, uh, going back to the advertising thing, which is kind of not specifically about this, but related. One thing I do think as a prediction is going to happen is these little businesses where people set up a Substack or a Patreon and they're, they're, they're primarily content creators, whether it's video yeah. or, or whatever. Um, I'm going to put video to one side and mainly focus on people who are creating written content. Yep. I think those businesses are going to really struggle in the next couple of years. And the reason why is because of AI, I think we're going to see loads of people who are going to see an opportunity to make a quick buck on this. 
by using AI to generate a lot of fairly shitty content. So there'll be a, there'll be a lot of noise in the market. And I think what will happen is people will go and be wooed by a great piece of content, pay for a Substack or whatever, and just get a lot of shit. And then not, I think the churn will be high. Um, so I think what will happen is, um, and, and then also with the, with the added challenge of just people generally don't tend to want to pay for content on, on the internet. Um, but then I think what's going to happen is the whole creator world, like we've seen in the last five or six years, this whole creator economy, which I think is really cool, I think is going to start innovating and people will start coming up with new ideas to make money, whether it's, uh, you know, training or coaching or events or, or whatever. I think it will less become like what you said, Akaba, about, oh, you know, I'll write articles and that's how I make money on the internet because I'll run ads or whatever. And it will instead be people will create all kinds of different content that will be interesting to their target audience. So I think VR flight sim guy will not just be creating YouTube videos. He might organize a little event in London or because he's British uh, or he might have branded merchandise or he might have a coaching program for virtual pilots or whatever. I think that's where it's going to go. So I, I very much agree with the latter part of that and that people are going to have to get more creative and be multimodal as, as it's called. But I, I do think the people genuine, generating truly insightful, interesting, especially in niche markets like fin, financial markets or tech or other areas who are oh, yeah, writing yeah. truly excellent content will actually make more just charging for their writing because in a sea of endless content, knowledge will be more valuable, not less valuable. Yeah, I, I was talking more about like the 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 median, I guess. But I agree. Like, if you're really good at what you do, you're going to do well, right? Yeah. I see. I hope. I hope Jeremy is right. I mean, John, maybe you're right, but I'm not necessarily sure. I think that the world is better where the thing that you're good at, you're good at uh, painting, or you're good at writing, or you're good at journalism. You should be able to, we, we should have a world where you should, where you can do that and people pay you for it. You don't have to be multimodal and set up an event and sell a line of t-shirts, right? It's yeah, but we should have a world where poverty doesn't exist. Agreed. We don't and have let's that work, world. Let's work for that too. Good idea. But I, I, I don't see it as <laughs> you not being an artist. I, I see it as you are an artist, but figure out the ways in which the people who want to consume, consume the things you want to do will pay for that consumption. Exactly. So much yeah. like the music industry changed, and while if you were a musician in the 50s, you made most of your money a certain way, now you make it touring and selling merch and other things that aren't just the distribution of your music, because that's the way that that industry went. It's yeah. not that you shouldn't be able that, to be paid to be an artist. It's that the, it's adding value the to fundamentals have changed. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The music industry is interesting. I, I don't want to kick off a whole new discussion here because we're basically at the end. But the, mu the music industry had two things that journalism and art and things sort of does and sort of doesn't have. Um, you're going to say they do have these things and they do sort of, but they have record labels and the inkies, right? Uh, a, a whole review infrastructure which art doesn't have unless you're one of the 19 most famous painters on earth or you're in New York or whatever. <laughs> there, there aren't, um, even, you know, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about high end art criticism. I'm talking about people writing review blogs of cool art they've seen. Doesn't happen anywhere near as much as cool music they've seen, for example. And the second thing is record labels, people whose job it is to go out and find small time creators who they think could be bigger. You know, that, that sort of, 
it's not venture capital, but you know what I mean. That kind of fine people. It's kind of a form of it, if you think about it, though. Yeah, isn't it? it's the same as like yeah. football it's, scouts it's or whatever. Yeah. Art doesn't really have that. Journalism sort of does have that, but it's less. We're going to go out and find people who are doing good writing and give them a job. It's more they're expected to go and apply for a job at the Rochester Herald and then eventually end up at the Guardian or the NYT or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. it, 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 there's less of the scouting, go out and find good people and model, and more it's their job to to strive harder to get there, what they're doing in front of people. So and that- I actually think, yeah, and I actually think this is going to be a good thing because I think what happens is you have fewer cent- centers of power, right? I think a world without record labels or sing- like in like five, the top five media companies, the, the or whatever, disintermediation, yeah, is generally oh good. <laughs> But I think what it does is it places a uh, a responsibility forward slash burden on the individual creator to, and you might hate me from using this terminology, but I think it maps that they've basically got to find product market fit for their content. You know, to Jeremy's point, like I could go and if I'm a journal, if I'm a great writer, I could go and write great content because my medium for sharing my insight is is writing, right? Because that's what I've always done because I've been a journalist or whatever. But if your market wants your insight in a different format, whether it's going to be email or little bite-sized snippets of audio or whatever, let every company that builds a product has to go through that process of figuring out product market fit to figure out what the market wants from them. And I actually think that's an area where creators aren't really well supported because I, I don't think it's intuitive to most creators. No, and it's it's hard work and not at all what they're interested in doing. I mean, you know, you've yes. all been... We, we've all been freelancers how much yep. how much of the experience of going out and finding work did you enjoy as opposed to actually doing it right <laughs> and well, this, the tricky and, thing and as well is exactly it is the same is thing it, if you, yes i agree with your point john to some extent in that you can't just be a painter in your attic and expect a duck to fly in the window and buy the paintings you have to do some marketing right but it's still annoying and rubbish with what you want to be as a painter (laughs) well i think it depends on the person because i think some people enjoy experimentation and trying new things i think some people don't but the the biggest concern i have with the whole product market fit approach to creators is uh if you are like brand new and you kick off your patreon you know and you bring in 15 dollars, you're like well that's not going to get me very far is you don't have the luxury uh, product market fit is a luxury that companies have when they can invest the money in yes. figuring out what that is. This- if you're a creator and you are living on the breadline, it's it, the analogy here will be it's like a stand-up comic going out and doing spots every night. Yeah. So they can get an being, hour's worth of material and then have quid. a special. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, even in the medieval ages, you painted what your patron wanted, not what you wanted to paint. That's yeah, how yeah. it's always I mean- worked. Yeah, I mean, I do, I, I do, I do see the point, but yeah, yeah. On, on that bombshell, I we think we are all looking forward to the world is shaped like a crisp by Stuart Langridge, <laughs> uh, pa- pa- painted in watercolor and gouache. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, well, uh, I think there's a lot we would like to hear from our community on with this one. We um, would. Yep, definitely like general thoughts on advertising. Uh, the question earlier on about like, do you get good ads on Instagram? <laughs> yeah. For those of us who use Instagram. I'm interested to hear from people who actually use Instagram in in a, in a proper way. Do you agree with Jono on this? 
Are the ad, yeah. are the ads good there? They're not. I I can certainly tell you the ones on YouTube are not, from my point of view. And you'd think it would pick up on it, and it hasn't. So. Yeah. You know why I think that might be is because I think we like I don't know about you guys, but w- when I use YouTube, one day I might be learning about a particular topic. The other day I might be like watching a Seinfeld clip. Another day I might be. There's so we use it in such different ways. Um, sure. That I think that's maybe part of the reason why you get such a variation of but shit I, on YouTube. I promise you, I'm never using it to look at any of the stuff the ads are about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> if I if Look-ade. I was like today, today I'm watching about someone binding a book and it showed me ads about Dungeons and Dragons, I'd be like, it's not really what I'm doing today, but fine, no worries, right? But no, that's not what it is. It sounds like you really need to invest in the stock market based upon the ads you're seeing. <laughs> Apparently. It's very, very infuriating. Right, okay. Thank you very much, everybody. Peace out. Peace out.